Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today we got a lot less electrical vehicle news than we did last week. Um, I think, let's start with the first thing, which is the brand new Sienna. But it has a new special edition. This is called the Woodland Special. And it... <laughs> This is dumb, but it's <laughs> it's for those people who are adventurous, but still need a minivan, but don't want an SUV. Because what's it's such Toyota? a niche? Yeah, it's, it's it's such a niche product. What Toyota has done here is is given the Sienna, where you can always get the all-wheel drive, so it's just an all-wheel drive Sienna, but they gave it a lift. Now. If you're thinking of lift, you're like, oh, maybe like inch and a half, maybe even two inches, not even an inch. Toyota lifted this 0.6 of an inch. <laughs> so you can go off-road. <laughs> yeah. Somehow it's it's noticeable. Like every picture I've seen, you can see, well, there's a lot more wheel gap. But the thing is, the bumper is still like an insane overhang. Yeah. So you're not going to climb anything. But, uh, and the tires are really average. Like, they're not improved in any way. They're just yeah. regular old all seasons. <laughs> but it is, you know, it's for those people that want to take a car camping. And for what it's worth, I mean, the van form factor, as we talked about before, is just super practical. It mm -hmm. does make a, a lot of sense. You carry a lot of stuff. And uh, you're getting a few extra standard features there. Uh obviously all-wheel drive, which Sienna, that's something to, to talk about too, right? Sienna is the only, one of the few options that has all-wheel drive. You can't get on Odyssey, the new Kia Carnival, even though it looks like an SUV, you can't get all-wheel drive on that. So yeah. that is kind of neat, you know, I think Pacifica, can we get all-wheel drive? You can get all-wheel drive with the Pacifica, but yeah. not with the hybrid powertrain. There you o go. Yeah. Only with the regular V6. Yeah, so it is nice um, that, that that does set the uh, Sienna apart from uh, other minivans, and we also get power inverters standard, tow hitches standard, uh, the roof rack crossbars are standard. So it gives you a little bit more expandability. It's not just you know a sad lift aside. It has some function to it. Um, <laughs> I really like that they make this cement gray paint scheme available. Uh, cement gray is like my favorite color, second favorite to the army green out of the Toyota off-road vehicles. Um, voodoo blue? No, voodoo blue, I don't think. Like it works on the uh, FJ, but I think it's a little bit much for a daily driver. There's, um, there's, there's angry people like typing in the comments right now. About how you don't like Voodoo Blue. Army, Army Green all the way. When they released that, I was like, oh, that's a game changer. <laughs> green cars. Yeah, I the green like cars that you don't remember that you have. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that power inverter. Um, because power inverters are more common in vehicles these days. Um, this has a 1,500-watt inverter, which is equivalent to a standard household plug which means you can plug in a microwave, a TV, Xbox. Like you can plug in all those things, not at once, but you can plug in your TV and Xbox and play games mm -hmm. when you're out in the wilderness. That is really cool. Yeah, I mean, a standard, uh, usually those outlets only support like a laptop charger or phone charger. This is 1500 watts is really, really usable power when you're camping. It's going to be great for air compressors. Uh, you can inflate your, your, your mattress and stuff like that as well. I thought you were going to say tires. I was like, I don't think anyone is uh, deflating their Sienna all-wheel drive tires. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> we generally do, if you're going on a rougher trail, it's not, not for, traction but just for ride comfort a better ride yeah not with these yoko or bridgestones i think they're on bridgestones not too sure or all seasons yeah they're, i think they're, they're eco all seasons so i really yeah. like the seats uh the trim <laughs> the on the good. seat look really nice yeah um it's got like a contrast stitching to them and it just looks a little bit more rugged yeah 
it looks like the uh the se seats to me mm-hmm. um i like the captain chairs in the second row uh personally like the fact that they have so much range of movement you can slide them all the way back for like limo like uh second row legroom or all the way to the front so that you can haul stuff in the back those seats are really really useful mm-hmm. i love the sienna i think it's probably the best all-around van that you can get this certainly gives people an option but yeah it's not an option that most people will get yeah it's not an off-road package it's an adventure package so it's mm. you know go out kayaking go fishing yeah. tow, you can tow a small boat 3500 pounds you yeah. can tow a small boat um, jet ski yeah makes 3500 i mean it's respectable let's be honest mm-hmm but let's move on. Let's let's go to something a little bit more exciting. Hyundai, they released finally the information for the Kona N or the Conan. Conan, exactly. <laughs> so the the Kona N has a two liter turbo four. It's the exact same engine as the Veloster. Um, it's made it to an eight speed automatic, and it's going to be front wheel drive only. We talked about the Kona N like the concept a few weeks back, and we're like. Um, oh, it may be offered in a in a manual because the Veloster N has a manual, and we're like hoping that it's all wheel drive, but sadly we're not getting either of those. But it's a looker. I think it's one of the better looking end products that they have. Yes, you know if you're if you're into simple designs, this probably isn't for you. But it is really flashy and uh, aggressive. And the, the end treatment works on this Kona. The Kona is kind of a weird looking car to begin with. And so I think doing this to it, and, and they did the same with the Veloster, right? It's a kind of a yep. funky looking car. And the funky cars tend to look good with uh, a lot of, a lot going on. which More exaggeration um, in its like profile. Yeah, like the, the look at the, the, the three vents under the hood. Um, you know, those lights that look really weird on the Cherokee, they look really good on this. Yeah. <laughs> Having those, uh, the Cherokee and the, the Juke have kind of oddly placed upper headlights. The, the uh, divorced headlight look. Yeah. Yeah. But it looks really good on this. Um, it works. Yeah. I think, I think because Hyundai hasn't really developed that high performance all wheel drive system just yet, uh, I think the front wheel drive. I guess it does make sense as far as a track car goes. It keeps the weight down, keeps costs down. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of tricky tech that goes with that front-wheel drive system, right? And we've got an ELSD and uh, a lot of N terminology that's a little bit hard to understand if you're not really into this car, like if you haven't researched it. The name, okay, N Power Shift. So N Power <laughs> Shift. Please tell me about them. (laughs) Yeah, let's start with uh, N power shift. So it supposedly mitigates torque reduction during upshift. And I think it gives you like those crackles and stuff when you're when you're shifting. Because it's a a dual clutch transmission, you don't really lose any torque during shifts anyways. For my you're you're not lifting during upshifts. Exactly. (laughs) And um, the, the gap is so small, like the shift times are are probably very impressive uh and that's that's a feature that's or software i guess that's uh implemented when you're accelerating at more than 90 percent throttle so how this works in real life i'm not sure um but supposedly it just gives you that wall of torque feeling it just boom, 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 and you just pull through the gears and sorry how does it sound like again ah let's not do it uh, <laughs> Why don't you explain the next thing, which is uh, N grin shift. N N grin shift. So, you know, when you're driving uh, a performance SUV like this, you're going to grin because it's such an amazing automobile. So the grin shift, it adds 10 more horsepower for those 20 seconds. I'm sure it's a button somewhere on the steering wheel or like I know for the Veloster N, there was like the N buttons on there. I'm sure you press that you get 10 more horsepower. All those power that you can feel right in your I mean, bum. <laughs> 10 horsepower, for as far as an overboost goes, it's not It's not impressive. much. Um, but who knows? Maybe it's like 
area under the curve or something like that. Um, <laughs> the, to activate, the driver pushes a dedicated button on the steering wheel, and a countdown begins on the cluster, showing the remaining seconds for this function. And you have to wait at least 40 seconds to use it again. So it's just like playing Need for Speed. <laughs> it's not N Grin Shift, it's NFSU Shift. <laughs> You have to cool down for 40 seconds, and then you can and turn on the NOS. <laughs> so that's angry shit. We're getting all the sound effects today. Yeah. Turn on the NOS. <laughs> I wonder if anyone gets that reference. <laughs> and then what's the, what's the last end thing that you get? The last one is is really not that impressive it's like on every car pretty much uh which is n track sense shift and that's actually uh just transmission logic basically so say that 10 times fast n track sense shift <laughs> and i can't even say it slowly um so it's it's you know a lot of people talk about porsche's pdk and how intuitive it is on track you can just leave it in in a sport or whatever and it will just do it you don't need to actually uh, manually shift and that kind of it lets you focus on your steering inputs your brake and whatnot um and so that's the idea with nts or n track sense shift which is it's using uh optimized gearing and and shifting speeds and whatnot to just make it work um, better as an automatic. Um, so when you're driving in a spirited fashion, then you have that working for you. Um, you know, I think every every uh, dual clutch transmission has a sport mode per se. So you know <laughs> how this works in in real life, I'm not sure, but. Generally speaking, I mean, if I'm tracking a, a dual clutch car, I'm probably using the manual shifters anyways. That, that's kind of the the point, I feel like. But yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, another cool thing we're getting on this, uh, oh, good picture, which is the uh, head-up display, performance head-up display. So got some sporty functions up on there. It makes a lot of sense for this. Car. Okay, the, the Kona heads-up display is garbage. I'm going to tell you that. It looks pretty. It's it's the plexiglass that flips up on the top, uh, which means style. it's never big enough for an actual heads-up display. It's too low, and the contrast on those are generally much much worse than the one that actually projects onto the window. Hmm. So I don't have high expectations on that. Same thing with acceleration, um, because they released a zero to sixty-two time of five point five seconds. That's not that quick. It's really not. I looked up uh, what an ND Miata does, and it's like 5.8. And I'm like, that's a s- kind of a slow car by today's standards, and that does 5.8. like and 100 less horsepower. Yeah. And <laughs> and so I, I guess front-wheel drive, that is a limitation, but it does yep. have a limited slip, uh, electronically controlled, and, and uh, launch control. So with a dual clutch, you, you would think it would be pretty quick, but 5.5 really, I think by today's standards, you know, the numbers like this, this, this car has 276 horsepower, you, you almost 300 foot pounds of torque. Um, and I guess if you're using N grin shift, you're at, you're at two, 286 <laughs> horsepower. And so it, it seems like it should be faster than that. I don't know if that's a tire limitation. Actually, let's see if we can pick out what tire it is on that picture on the bottom right there. It's going to zoom in. looks like P0. Okay, I think we talked about P0 uh, or behind the scenes. And I was like, P0 is the most uh, disappointing tire that every manufacturer uses. I bet they get some crazy deal from the manufacturer from Pirelli. Uh, P0 is a very underwhelming summer tire, um, so in my opinion. If I put on like Federal 595s. Yeah, or anything sticky, really. <laughs> the P0s, they're, they're like a 220 treadwear or something like that. Uh, so they don't last that long, So which is great for 
Pirelli uh, <laughs> because these are coming standard on the cars and then the dealers are going to sell this. Yeah. Oh, this is the uh, Hyundai spec tire. Uh, it's not a terrible tire. It can't hold like you can track it for maybe one lap kind of thing. <laughs> but I, I don't know why every manufacturer from Ford to, to Volkswagen to BMW to P Porsche to Lamborghini, they all use Pirelli P0 and it's, it's not that great of a tire in mm -hmm. my opinion. Uh, and it costs you 5.5 seconds, zero to 60. Yeah. Um, something that I noticed within the photos that I do like is they kept the Kona's heated and cooled seats. So, I mean, mm. heated seats is pretty normal. Cooled seats, you don't really get on a lot of mainstream cars, but Hyundai has put them in a lot of their vehicles. But even with these buckets, you get heated and cooled seats. Nice. So I'm thinking, like, you know, track day, you're going to get a little warm, right? You know, you don't want to run the AC because mm. you want all 276 horsepower. So you turn on your cooled seats to keep you nice and cool during those hot track days. You can't do that in your Type R. No, Actually, you can't, e a you type can't R even heat it. it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think a Type R is heated seats. You don't have power seats. You don't have heated seats. You don't have anything. So uh, definitively, we can say this is better than a Type R. I think so. It's got a heated <laughs> steering wheel too, which you can't get on any Type R, yeah. even if you have money. <laughs> uh, pretty cool steering wheel. Is that the start button? I, I can't see it. Actually, you know what? If I download it yeah, i mean that's a big file so i mean hopefully we can zoom in on that um, uh, oh that is the oh i completely ngs that's your nos button that's my nos button yeah yeah oh it's like oh, every God. uh every video game has yeah. that big red button yeah you should the just NG fill it in and the g needs to become an o <laughs> I think they should have called it like N instead of grin, just like find a, a I want to say a, an O word that's not PG, but um, <laughs> you know, make it NOS and it would just be so much cooler. It, it actually really, it's really out of place. <laughs> Cause it, it doesn't you can't reach for it. Like if you're on track and you're, Oh, I'm on, I'm going to hit the front straight now. <laughs> <laughs> it's past the end button it's you know any any alpha romeo driver would know that's the starter button okay <laughs> that's <laughs> imagine you you get out of this and at some press event and then you go tracking into a into a into an alpha alpha or <laughs> you're... ferrari you're just on the front straight <laughs> oh stop oh wait <laughs> literally literally no one will ever yeah. jump out of a kona and into an alpha or male no it's, but, but that button is in a weird space because okay the problem is the steering wheel has 13 buttons or if not more on it uh actually if one you count two, the, the, three the up, four down five toggles, six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty three including paddles okay we're counting paddles of yeah course. it's on the wheel yeah so there's just too much going on there uh which is why they had to tack on that little red pimple uh which <laughs> it just makes it's, it's weird um, in that spot okay here can i say another thing oh okay scroll over i'm not oh i'm on my trackpad here um the most important button still remains hill descent control when you want to take your Kona N off road, oh. <laughs> you got your hill descent control button right here for you. They I was looking at the steering wheel, like, what's he? What's he talking about? <laughs> yeah, hill descent control, the the most important button. Yeah. All right, I think that's enough of the uh, the Kona N. Anything else you want to add to it? Um, no, I think uh, you know this is track proven. Apparently it's an it's a real end car, Nurburgring tested, and so coming soon to a track day near you, a uh, little crossover hatchback thing. It's it's barely a crossover, like really. No, really, it's it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a jumped up Veloster at this point. Yeah, it's, it's a Veloster with with regular doors. <laughs> yeah, like. that's exactly, and yeah. a little bit more headroom. Mm -hmm. 
Let's talk about the next thing here. This is the Mustang Mach-E GT Performance Edition. If you're in Canada, if you're in the US, the GT is the the performance, but you can still get a performance edition on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, this we were talking about this before the show. This looks a million times better than the regular Mustang, and it's all because it has a fake grill. Yep, it's That's just it. the way the headlights frame it, uh, and it's that distinctive Mustang shape. It it looks really good, and the problem with the regular one is it has like a Fu Manchu going on, uh, which is like a like a handlebar mustache, basically for those not educated in Asian mustache culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this grill and the bumper treatment is it's so simple, but it just transforms the overall look uh, and just makes it look so aggressive, which is strange because <laughs> Tesla went the opposite way and Tesla kind of abandoned grills. You know, when, when the Model S first came out, it was like, we have to make this look like a conventional vehicle and give it a grill that it doesn't actually need um, just to, you know, it doesn't look weird to people. And then now none of the Teslas have like a big grill. Uh, you know, the Model S after its facelift, it just lost the grill, which I don't know if it looks better. It looks fine it looks good but um on the mach e i think 100 the gt looks better uh, mm-hmm. with that grill yeah absolutely um let's talk about performance because this is like their their go-to performance version of the mach e um 480 horsepower or for an electric car makes more sense to talk about kilowatts is 358 kilowatts uh, 634 pound-feet of torque. Mm-hmm. So definitely has the power. It definitely looks the part 0 to 100, 3.7 seconds. Quite respectable. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as fast as like, um, I think Ludicrous. the <laughs> like the Model Y performance is going to be faster than that still. Yes. But something that the engineers of Mustang, or sorry, or of Ford here that or Mustang, I guess, um, is they dialed in the all-wheel drive system to let you have a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a few YouTube videos where people taking like just model Y performance onto the track, like it's fine, it drives straight, but you can't have fun with it. Whereas the Mach E, you're able to rotate the vehicle, have the back end step out a little bit. Cause you know you can have a little bit more fun with that. Mm. That's where I think Mach-E shines over Tesla. Yeah, I think from the get-go, they wanted to make something that uh, is fun to drive and lives up to that Mustang name. Uh, It will be really interesting to see uh, not so much drag racing, which, you know, that's kind of what electric car performance has been for the last five years. But to see, like, actual track testing you know i've seen those tests with m m3 versus model 3 uh i think i want i really want to see the mach e gt on track versus uh the model y obviously and i also want to see it against the regular mustang gt with a coyote engine and just see you know for the layperson this is i don't know if if ford will 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 find that's kind of shooting themselves in the foot but i think it's cool just to see okay well this is your traditional performance track day vehicle which mustang gt is super common you'll see it at every track day it's uh the, the coyote motor is reliable but here's the mach egt the new comp- competitor with uh the, the mustang name uh see if it lives up to that name i think mm-hmm. I think it'll be really cool. It's got cool Brembo brakes. Yep. Um, it is a heavy vehicle. I don't know if it can, it probably won't, you know, stand up to that many laps of abuse, but um, who knows? I mean, I mean they're, they're, they're uh, testing it on a track. I, I think on a track, the uh, available power that you got, you won't go many laps anyways, um, mm-hmm. because it's still only an 88 kilowatt hour battery. You know, there's yeah. other manufacturers that's putting more than 100 kilowatts into the vehicle. So this has a estimated 250 mile range. Um, but of course, if you, you know, 
are on a track, it's going to be a lot less of that. Of course, yeah. Um, oh, it also has a Magno Ride suspension, which is absolutely cool. Yeah, I mean, Ford's should, integrated in some of their vehicles. Yeah, it should yeah. make the ride nice and comfortable as well as very capable. Yeah, it's not cheap, though. No, uh, 66,000 US or 83,000 Canadian. It's a, it's a pretty penny. Yeah. Do we have the, is that just a conversion or is that the actual MSRP? That's the actual, that's on uh, Ford Canada's website. Ah, okay. Yeah, 83, I mean, 83,000 is not unreasonable. I mean, a base Model Y all-wheel drive is already 70, so. Yep. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's like ridiculous, but no. it is, is not cheap. No, not cheap, but yeah. not I mean, we were literally talking about the GLC 63. Mm, before I mean, the show, that's th that was 100k. It has more power than this, obviously, but mm. um, you know, it, it's not anywhere near that in terms of pricing. So, but that is yeah. to start. So, I'll be curious to see, you know, once you start stacking on options, what kind of options you have and kind of see where that goes. Yeah, cool car. I think I like I like what they've done with this. Yeah. Moving on to another Ford news. This is not a, a new vehicle by any means, but new tech that they're adding to an F-150 here. Um, I think like the F-150 is like the Swiss army knife of, of trucks. It's yeah. like everything that you need in one. It's not like... The, it's not this, the best in a lot of areas. No, this isn't the new... Like this new generation... To me, I don't think it's a new generation. I mean, it still looks exactly the same as the last one. It's the same truck that you have, basically. But, like, there's so much new things that they're adding on. And this new thing of how it can use the suspension to measure the payload and the tongue weight, super cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it just makes it easier for people that have never told or hauled before, allowing them to safely do that now. Yeah, I mean, and in theory, it's not even that complicated. Um, that like the technology that they're implementing to use the suspension and probably a various you know number of sensors to just dial in that ride and dial in whatnot. I think it's it makes it makes sense for a lot of people. Now, where this is going to be an issue, I think, is for the people that like to do aftermarket suspension, hmm. modify their trucks. That's where this, you know, the, the traditional truck buyer that that likes, well, I wouldn't say the traditional truck buyer, but the person that's used to a traditional truck where you can basically do whatever you want to it, um, they may not like this kind of feature. Yeah, it's definitely not for them. It's just for the maybe more of the average truck buyer mm -hmm. or first time truck buyer. Um, yeah. And they want to have a little bit more confidence in their vehicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ford is, I don't know if they're still the only one, but the, the trailer backup assist, I think Chevy has it as well. Yeah, now with Chevy has got so many cameras, uh, they have must be able to do something with that. Yeah. The, so the trailer backup assist, it, it is a really cool feature. I just wish I could get it to work. But I think this is because <laughs> I changed my head unit, and that, mm. that's kind of ruined it. <laughs> supposedly it supports it still i still have the menu item to do it i just it doesn't work and Did i even put... bought the stickers oh okay i was gonna say i know it yeah. uses the stickers to measure and everything yeah um but yeah this is super cool technology it's able to measure the weight the tongue weight and it's able to tell you exactly if you're loading on that trailer correctly mm -hmm. um or if you're overloading your vehicle i mean like you were saying a few weeks ago maybe a month ago now uh, one of your friends borrowed a truck to carry rice, was it? <laughs> yeah. And he definitely overloaded the truck, but he yes. probably has no idea that he did. Yeah. It this technology. In, you know, from for regular passenger car people, okay, if it fits in the back, it, it, it's in the back. Like, yeah. that's all that matters. But, you know, with trucks and with the amount of weight you're carrying, it is a safety thing. Um <laughs> you know, you want to make sure you're not overloading your tires, the suspension, the chassis, and whatnot. You know, the brakes, everything has to work. Yeah. Uh, and so 
that's it's really useful tech i think for a half ton especially uh, it's your occasional uh you know someone that's going to load up the truck very occasionally and you may not be that familiar with this kind of stuff uh it's it's good tech absolutely speaking of good tech uh <laughs> let's talk about the, the how is this good tech <laughs> it's amazing tech <laughs> it's a thousand horsepower seven passenger suv by hennessy hennessy yeah. took the ram trx mm. and modified it made it into an suv rather than a pickup so it can carry seven and it has a thousand horsepower and makes no difference like almost a thousand pound feet of torque mm-hmm. 3.7 seconds zero to 100 3.2 3.2 oh I'm looking at the wrong thing. 3.2 seconds. Who needs a Mach-E? <laughs> Forget Mach-E. I think this is now, this is now Lamborghini. Who needs a Lamborghini Urus? Who needs a Bentayga, Cayenne, whatever? Uh, you name it. You know, Aston Martin's well, their, their super SUV. Ferrari's supposedly working on a super SUV. I think this is this is the super SUV you really want. Well, I mean, if you can afford it, $375,000 American. And if you can get one, because they're limited to only 20. 20. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there's no other pictures for it. It's only the one from up front and it's a render. But but this thing is absolutely amazing. Um, It's not Hennessy's first time making a crazy off-road SUV with tons of power because uh they did that before with the velociraptor suv which was like the raptor with three rows Mm -hmm. which i still do not like the look of i think it's just awkward this one is is a little bit more awkward but you know (laughs) that was the first for them so i they they kind of married an excursion slash yeah an excursion to the the front of uh, a raptor so that doesn't look as good, but as far as the execution and what they they wanted to achieve, um, not too bad, not too shabby. You know, you really have legitimate three row uh, adult seating in this uh, SUV, which <laughs> you don't get on a lot of products these days. And having the extra length, uh, the truck length, makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think, yeah, it will. It does make sense for some families that you know. I do want a truck, but um, I mean, <laughs> who are we? Why am I talking about practicality? There's no real need for practicality. It's, it's for the guy that goes into a dealership, was looking at an Escalade, was like, hmm, it doesn't have a thousand horsepower. No, I need something better. It's way too fuel efficient. <laughs> the Escalade is way too fuel efficient. <laughs> and I need this. And, and it's too cheap. I mean, yeah. fully loaded, it's only $100,000. I have that, tons of money burning a hole in my wallet. I need to yeah. buy something more expensive. Yeah. But Let one me call thing you can't do in SUV or, or in an Escalade or traditional three-row SUV is you can't jump it. You, know, <laughs> you need... 35s and a lift and that you know uh, <laughs> high clearance bumper you can't jump uh you know a urus or a bentega or anything like that you i mean to some extent you can but not not to uh, trx standards people complained about top gear not having consumer advice and here we are talking about the hennessy yeah. suv okay well i mean think about it this way let's not let's not you know, we're not taking this Baja running, you know, but just your your typical curb and stuff. That Urus with his low profile, like 22 inch wheels, those are not going to withstand any like slight curbage, which let's be honest, the people that drive these kind of cars, they, they, they don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I think 35 inch big tires, uh, and, a, and a lift there is uh, a lot of utility there that, <laughs> you, know, you don't have to you don't have to ever worry about potholes construction snow justin uh, <laughs> do, do you have shares in hennessy is this what's going on i, I feel like i should but now <laughs> it's i probably missed 
I probably missed that buy-in. Uh, <laughs> you know, this 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 truck makes sense. You know, it's it's see, it's one of those things that's like you even if you have money, you can't just walk into a dealership and get it. That's the thing is, uh, it it is exclusive. It is something that it takes boxes. You know, it's for a niche that. Yeah, even if you have a lot of money, you, I, I can walk into a Porsche dealership or Lamborghini dealership, but I can't get the SUV that I need that can off-road and, you know, destroy anything in a straight line. Good consumer advice. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like the best consumer <laughs> advice ever. <laughs> yeah. If you are a Russian oligarch and you're looking for that SUV that, you know, the roads maybe in your country are not that great. <laughs> you know, even look, look at the Escalade. I mean, I, I just put out a, uh, I just priced out a wheel and tire package for a customer today with a, a new Yukon Denali and he's going with 24 inch wheels. Uh, and it's a 285, 40, 22, like, you know, in, in urban areas, it's maybe okay, but like there's, there's parts of the world or parts of the country that, that, you know, may not have the best road work, and uh, yeah, you you the, want the worst part is twenty fours look pretty normal on the new Yukon. Oh yeah, no, it, I, <laughs> we looked at twenty twos, and then I was trying to find him pictures of twenty twos, and I'm like, all these pictures show twenty fours, and they look really good. Yeah, thirties <laughs> coming to uh, a showroom near you. I know, fun to mount and balance. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Um, I think that's all we got for news for this week. Uh, let's go on to the review for the week. Um, I was uh, blessed with another Genesis. Last week, we talked about the GV80 and how it's the SUV to get. This is the G80. So this is the um, sedan version, essentially, of the GV80. Mm -hmm. There's a few pieces to it that you basically have to know. It's slightly bigger than the 5 Series and the E-Class, but it's priced a lot lower than that. Uh, you get two engine options here in Canada. You get a 2.5-liter 4-cylinder or a 3.5-liter V6. The 3.5-liter V6 makes more sense as it has more options that you may want in a luxury vehicle. But the 2.5 4-cylinder, more than plenty for this vehicle. Justin and I, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Um, he doesn't like the wheels that's on it, but I don't like know. either of the wheels. <laughs> but the I, I, you know what? I could care less about the wheels. You know, I can call you up and be like, "Hey, Justin, I want a set of wheels," and you'll be like, "Here's here's your you know options that you can get, and I can mm. get something else." Yeah, but it just feels like for such a well-designed car. They just kind of like phoned it in on the wheels. And wheels could have done really a make a car's look. Yeah, they they definitely could have done a little bit more on the wheels. Those are so plain Jane. Like they just look like your typical. You go on TireRack.com looking for a winter wheel and tire package. That's the wheel design that you get. Oh, the the Torin, right? You know uh, what I'm Turin talking about. The Torin or the uh, Sport Edition, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like so plain, and then and then they do have a very styled option, but I don't think that styled option looks premium enough. Like it looks cheaply made, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, which it just doesn't work uh, overall, you know, with the theme of this car, which is really uh, going above and beyond as far as interior styling, exterior styling, and then you just have meh for the wheels. I want to talk about the interior because. Let's be honest, that's where you're going to be, and that's where it matters mm -hmm. more than the outside. Um, interior is absolutely beautiful in here. Just like the GV80, you get like real wood, leather everywhere, soft touch materials, a giant touchscreen in the center. Like it has all the tech that you really need and want, but it's lacking a few things that like BMWs and Mercedes has. Like the gesture control where you can on a BMW rotate your fingers to turn the volume up and down, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But the things that you do need, like heated and cooled seats, um, just really good material, a usable infotainment system, like that's all there. 
Yeah, it's, it's a pretty fast system. I've, I've used it on uh, Hyundai's. I think it's a very similar setup. And mm-hmm. It's it's snappy. Um, yeah, I, I like the colors as well. Like you can get blue leather interior, which you know kind of went out of style since the late '90s. But it's, I think on this it it works. Yeah, uh, the two tone the two tone interior. Um, it's special. Yeah, you don't have to just get the black. I mean, you can if that's what you're into. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, getting that two tone interior on the top trim, it just makes the interior feel a little bit more special. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't notice is here in North America, we don't get as many toys as you get in other mm. places in the world. Um, in North, sorry, in South Korea, not North Korea. <laughs> I was going to say North. And I was like, wait, no, that's not right. In South Korea, you can get the Genesis G80 with um, a full rear seat package where you get um, a display in the back. So it's like mounted iPads for Mm. whatever. Um, But you also get heated and cooled seats and you also get like lounge options in the back. So they actually move and whatnot. Uh, We just don't get that here. They're just- Oh, our seats don't move at all? They don't, well, no, they don't move. They're just heated, which is Uh... fine, but- if you need to get up to that level, you have to step up to the G90. Yes. So the G80 is still, you're, you're still the one driving it, I guess, is, yeah. is the idea. That's really what it's designed for. It's You're still driving it. Um, it has the, G90, the ability. You pay someone to drive. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is for someone that doesn't have a lot of money, but you can still pay someone to drive it. Because you can still fit in the back pretty comfortably, uh, especially like the base four cylinder. You can get into one for oh, I don't even remember how much it was, but it's uh, it's relatively inexpensive. Actually, I think I wrote it down here. Uh, yeah, sixty six thousand Canadian, and seventy six thousand for the uh, the V six here. I mean, if we're thinking oh, sixty six, that's a lot of money. Well, if you look at an e-class or a five series it's not <laughs> it's it really isn't but i guess one of the things um for me is who the mid-size or mid-size to larger luxury sedan uh i just don't understand that market at all for at least you know i would I do like the S classes, the flagship sedans, the G90. I think there's a lot of appeal. That mid tier model, you don't have the, uh, how do you say it? It's just not as exclusive or special. Um, and so I, I'm wondering if there is really a market for this type of vehicle in there a isn't. sedan form. There, there, there really isn't. You're, there, you're yeah. right on the, uh, the mark here. Um, my, one of my best friends, um, he was looking for a vehicle for his dad. He's trying to replace a six series. Um, they looked at a five series. They look at the E-class. They looked at the Audi A6. Um, they didn't look at this cause they only wanted a German vehicle, which is another topic on its own. Uh, but they couldn't get an A6 because they don't make enough because no one buys them. They literally went into Audi leaderships and they're like, yeah. we want to look at an A6 site. Oh, you want one? You have to order one because we don't you, we don't even stock it. And that's mm. because no one buys them. You want an E-Class? Sure, we need to order one in, but we have to order in your spec. We have some kind of basic, more just popular ones that's available, but nothing ex- like to the style that they wanted. And same thing with the 5 Series, because it's a dead market. Mm. The American companies, Cadillac, Lincoln, pulled out of this market for that reason. No one cares. Everyone goes towards SUV. That's why the G80 doesn't matter, really. Like, it's brand new. It's a, one of their best sedans. Mm. But it doesn't matter. But it's an irrelevant car. Yeah, That's the one that people are buying anyways. Yeah. And, I mean... I, I get it too. Like I, I don't know if this kind of car makes sense for anyone. Uh, if you if you want something more roomy and practical, I mean the SUVs just make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. But uh, 66, I mean, that's a good value. Like, that is a not even full load, you know, C-class or 3-series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, this one is going to depreciate. The oh. GV80, <laughs> the GV80, I think that one will hold its value okay. Just because, like, people want those kind of cars, but this one, I don't know. This one may get expensive if you if you if you have to look at the depreciation, it might get expensive. I mean, we took a look at this last time. Um, I think it was like a 2015 or whatever Equus, and yeah. it was like 15k or something like that. Okay, well, to be fair, the Equus is uh, they they didn't really it wasn't a complete effort. Um, this is this is more cohesive. Uh, as a luxury sedan absolutely <laughs> but yeah I, you know in my opinion i think it's still going to depreciate just as much as that because yeah. if you but look you at- know what it's not going to depreciate any more than like a five series but the percentage wise maybe but as far as like buying a ninety thousand dollar five series and having it be worth 15 in in <laughs> eight years um you know percentage wise this might might be worth 10 but it kind of works out in in uh the actual number there but you're you're if you're getting a car like this you're leasing this under your company anyways you're not exactly you're not paying cash or so don't pay, if don't pay cash for this please <laughs> if you're watching this video in 10 years time yeah and you're looking at a genesis g80 and you're like oh hey this is a pretty good deal yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> There's our consumer advice. So if you want one new, lease it, and then don't worry about it. You got Kunde's gonna take good care of you for the first five years, anyways. Oh, absolutely. Five years. Yeah. Um, and and then you're you're done. You know, you'll get into the latest and greatest then. And the lease rates will be a little bit cheaper than the Germans, just because the principal is lower, even if the depreciation is terrible. Um, you can still probably get a nicer Genesis than you could with, uh, you know, there's probably C-class money realistically to lease, maybe a three series, high-end three series lease. Um, okay, so yeah, so they do, they do offer a lease. I'm just on Genesis website right now. It's quite reasonable, their, their rates. Um, yeah, so that is the actual consumer advice on this episode of kicking tires, not uh, high flying SUVs, but uh, how to buy a luxury sedan. Um, I got some interesting news that just came in. Hmm. Literally just came in from Honda. Uh, the new 11th generation Honda Civic. I got full pictures of it inside and out. Oh, let's see. Let me I think we have a bit of time. Let me pull it up here. I don't know why it does that every single time. Oh, there it is. So that's outside of the new Civic. We kind of saw it with uh, some of the latest pictures. Looks mm-hmm. pretty normal. Nothing really too big here. But I think this is the first picture that we see of the interior. Mm, very funky. What's with that vent? It is all vent and it's very retro. <laughs> That's entire dash. It's a vent. It's it's and it's not very like automotive either. Like this no. is a toaster or like it's an appliance kind of vent. I don't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate this it's, vent. It's it's different. Um, I looks wonder like a... how it will look on an LX though. Mm, yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna cheap it down for an LX, and then this interior is gonna look disgusting. But on this higher trim, it, it looks looks decent. Yeah, it's definitely not bad. It looks like you got a, a digital dash, which is nice. Um, from what I can mm-hmm. see here, that looks like a, a full digital dash. You get the newer Accord infotainment, which is miles better than the one that's in the current Civic. Uh, I see heated seat button, but no cooled seat button. Oh, yeah. Dual zone climate control. Heated steering wheel, maybe. Oh, the cruise control makes more sense now. I don't know if you the the hmm. the 10th gen has like a button that's like main or something like that. And I just used it on Monday. I think I drove it on Monday, and I, I was on the highway in a 10th gen, and I was like, "What? What the hell is main? <laughs> <laughs> what does like, this mean? 
yeah, this makes more sense to me. <laughs> uh, more traditional just gear selector rather than the Accord one drive mode. Mm-hmm. Pretty normal stuff down here. Nothing yeah. really Very extraordinary. Um, I I like this. I I think it's 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 a bit of a risk. I wonder if that's a retro thing. I need to look at like a what a first gen Civic interior looks like, and maybe. It, this will be uh <laughs> don't recall it ever having like no a barbecue, barbecue grill <laughs> running across the dash no but um i i don't hate it uh exterior wise though what are your thoughts i think exterior is a little boring um they i think they can do a little bit more yeah uh, oh there's a video as well that they yeah saw. i'm watching the oh they're getting a bose stereo now that is not a bad move for Honda because the Civic, for whatever reason, has always had really crappy audio from factory. Okay. Um, we've had Pioneer systems in the 10th gen, and they're all garbage. Like the Type R has it, they and uh, the Touring models, and they get it as well. But the 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 speaker system that the current uh, 10th gen Civic has, and pretty much every Civic before, it, is very underwhelming. They got this is the launch video. Looks like it was this just is released. A throwback. Like it's this, not... this type of video editing is a throwback. <laughs> this well, is are... me and my Suzuki Aereo. <laughs> if you know what that... <laughs> or the Matrix, the Toyota Matrix commercial. Oh. Okay, so here's what they're saying. Um, Civic first heated steering wheel. So you do get a heated steering wheel. You get the Bose uh, sound system in the Touring with 12 speakers, uh, full digital LCD display, Civic's first rear seat airbags. Mm. Um, you get a more powerful and fuel-efficient 1.5 turbo, enhanced architecture and stronger body, updated suspension and steering tuning for improved handling and ride. You get Qi wireless charger, um, standard 7-inch touchscreen with CarPlay and Android Auto, Available nine-inch unit with wireless CarPlay and Android Auto. Very cool. No, I, I think uh, interior-wise, it is more premium. It's it's not. Like, this is a lot nicer than a Corolla, but um, this is not quite up there with the uh, Mazda yet. I think, which is okay. Which I think the Civic popularity speaks for itself. Um, and I was just, I was just thinking about this car today, just in preparation for a podcast, you know, I, I just don't like the, the front end so much. Um, it's kind of plain. It's plain and it's, it's like oddly proportioned. Like it's got a big forehead. <laughs> if you see that, I don't know if you see that. Yep. Um, the rear is very standard issue. Honda side is very standard Honda. Um, I wonder, did they? I think they're saying the hatchback is not coming back to North America. I well, don't, I don't know. know about that. Yeah, they haven't mentioned. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm going through the. Oh, will be right manufactured now. in the US. US. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so the, the British made hatchbacks will not pee here. So uh, that's, that's a good thing, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, because. Hmm. So I'm just looking mm-hmm. at the power figures. Um, so the standard engine is a two-liter four-cylinder, probably a K20 of sort, 158 horsepower, 138 pound-feet of torque. Mm. And in the Touring, you get 180 horsepower and 177 pound-feet of torque. So that's um, the 1.5 turbo. So yeah, 180 horsepower. I, I thought it would be a little bit more than that. It's um, probably the same engine, but I noticed they downgraded the Sport. The Sport is a sporty version of the base. It's no longer the turbo. No, no, no. Sport has always been a uh, base engine. Oh. Yeah. The The previous Sport was still the base 2 liter, not the uh, not the Touring, not the 1.5 turbo. It's only oh. the Touring that gets a 1.5. Sport Touring. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm, pretty normal uh, stuff here. The nine-inch unit looks good. Heads-up display looks kind of normal. Not bad. 
not interesting bad. um you know this car will sell regardless oh yeah it doesn't <laughs> matter what we make think. anything uh but yeah i think that the front bumper is it's straight off the uh scion tc mm, i remember the tc yep i see what yeah. you mean um but it just it's it's so uninspired for a front end i'm really curious how the type r will look uh if we will even get a type i mean the type r is popular though hey like in north america you can't keep them in stock i don't think they're gonna kill off the type r um this angle it reminds me a lot of the kia forte yeah yeah very kia forte it's a little bit more chiseled and you know you were mentioning uh before that honda's trying to keep clean up their styling i guess yeah um this is definitely a lot less styling going on compared to the 10th gen. Yeah. Yeah. But I I just, could this be like the 9th gen where they're like, it looks so bland right. and we're going to emergency refresh it. You, you need to, to look into this just a little bit harder. Look at this guy pretending to drive, turning the steering wheel while the steering wheel is absolutely stationary. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Why? Why did you have to do that? That was that was hard to watch. <laughs> Oof. That is cringe. Oh, yeah. Digital it's dash looks all right. Ooh, that. I think they just placed her hands too high when they did this because that looks like she's reaching, or he's yes. re definitely looks like a female's hands. I think that's a female. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like she's reaching for those buttons. Not the greatest there, but I think it's just hand placement. It looks yeah. like her hands are a lot. <laughs> they don't, these actors don't know what to do with their hands. Like, <laughs> we've yeah. established that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This, this front end is a little bit bland for me. I think 10 years ago, this would have passed. Nowadays, it's just, yeah. Especially with the Mazda 3 that's around. Well, that's you're always, you're always team Mazda. I, okay. 3, but the Mazda 3 looks amazing, it drives great but it's too small for a lot of families. That's its biggest problem. Yeah. This is probably going to be the... Honda's always been the well-rounder, right? It's, it's like the been... F-150 that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. It makes sense for so many people. It takes so many boxes. Uh, and you're going to get insane resale value. Um, you know, I think the Civic... And the engine is kind of proven now. That I know with when the 10th gen first came out with the turbo CVT, people were a little bit weary about it. And to be fair, the first year or two, they did have some um, little issues here and there. But I think they've kind of fixed that. And yeah, no, this is a, it should be a good product. I think um, they're not going to invest that heavily in sedans anyways, I guess. No, no, no. They're, the new CRV that's going to be coming out next year that's going to be the one that mm -hmm. um they're going to spend most of their money on because the the crv outsells the civic a lot yeah and i can see a crv with this type of styling working yeah so i guess we have to go reverse engineer this uh, and and imagine what a crv would look like based on this chassis yeah um and i think cleaner lines for a crv are going to help it i think right now the crv is i weirdly enough it's a little bit polarizing for some people which uh was never really the case for the crv um but i know some people that are like i don't really like the way it looks um yeah hmm. well i think that's really it i don't want to watch this anymore there's still <laughs> a bunch of minutes left but i i think i'm i'm okay what's well, 18 need... minute video 19 minutes almost yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'm okay with that i don't i don't need to see anymore I've seen what I can. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, I think that's really it for this week. Anything else you want to add on top before uh, we close up? Uh, not really. Oh, uh, no manual transmission. Oh, for the Civic? Yes. Oh, they're killing manual altogether. Right? Yeah, it's all CVT. Mm. But no dealer would stock the manuals anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah. He and just dwindled to such a small market share that, uh, but there's no mention of a manual transmission option whatsoever. And the, even the uh, the rubric or the, the, the price list or the spec sheet uh, 
It's just all CVT. What yeah. do you think of that rear end? It is okay. It is inoffensive, uh, not as offensive as the front, and better than the cur- I don't like the 10th gen sedan. So you don't like, like the lobster claws? I don't like the lobster claw. This this half a lobster claw looks better. I think it's fine. I I personally like the insight over the Civic. Yeah, the insight has it's really like, clean lines. Like in, that has clean lines while looking more premium. Yeah. Um whereas this is this is cleaner but looks really uninspired and Almost like if you told me, oh, this is the Chinese market Civic, I would have believed you. <laughs> like, oh, this is uh, the, the one that they make in China for, for the Chinese market. Uh, it's just a little bit dumbed down version. Um, yeah. Trying to even it a little bit, but. Yeah. Looks yeah. like the. It looks like an accord. Actually. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere in between. Um not not too shabby, but not too great either. Not not exhilarating. Not like when I look at the Mazda 3, I'm like, hmm, that's a good looking car. That's you with like any Mazda product. No. It's such a <laughs> no. I don't Almost. like the MPV. Any current generation Mazda product. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Or Gen- <laughs> or Genesis product. Mm. Okay, yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope. Can't argue there. Yeah. Anyways, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. Uh, we'll come back next week with more auto news and reviews and a whole bunch of other stuff. And we'll chat next time. See you.